out there, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where we watch the movies that you tell us to watch. I am your host, John. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jeff. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. And a special bonus greeting to you. How are you doing? Ooh. Yeah, that's for you. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The first one was for the listeners, but I also have a special bonus <laughs> The greeting. first one was for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> the second one was for the gentlemen. And the third one was for you, Ooh. which I haven't said yet. Hey, John. Oh, hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Good. <laughs> uh, so we watched uh, old 2006's Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I managed to miss this one when it was in theaters and then also past that. Oh, so this is your first time seeing it. This is the first time watching it. And oh. it's, I mean, it's one of those things where I was like, yeah, ha ha. Like, you know. <laughs> so you said I, a Will Smith bridge fill about it. You're yeah. like, yeah, ha-ha, woo! <laughs> Miami! <laughs> that was my reaction to this film. I mean, 2006, woo! that was your reaction <laughs> to everything, right? Just Will Smith uh, bridge fills. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> woo! Everybody! <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit that when it was getting the meme treatment, I was like, yeah, ha-ha, snakes on a plane, woo! <laughs> Memes! Wee! But... I never went and saw it. it. It's like Morbius. It was fun to meme about, but I'm not going to go see it. It's 100% identical to Morbius. Yeah, you remember Remember when uh, Samuel Jackson said, it's snakes on a plane in time, uh-huh. and then he snakes on a yeah. plane someone? <laughs> he, snake, he was like, I'm snaking here. <laughs> Stand back, everyone. I'm snaking this plane. Uh, but yeah, it was sort of the same thing where I was like, Yes, it's fun to make fun of this, but I'm not going to go pay actual real dollars to see it. I'm at least happy that we are seeing this now in the the wake Year of, Mor- of our Lord. Well, no, in the wake of Morbius, because it's it's it mostly this movie's kind of boring. It's just a generic set them up and knock them down action shocker. Um, I mean, this is very much a uh, for someone that normally very much enjoys the uh, disaster film genre, the you know towering inferno, Poseidon adventure type. You are stuck in a, you know, confined area and bad yeah. things are happening. Yeah. And this is sort of that, but also sort of like a Final Destination kind of horror thing where it's just like, what what horrible way can snakes get everybody on this plane? By biting them. By bite, and in some cases, other things. Uh, huh. Very few cases, mostly. Yeah. Uh, it, but it feels very much like a, like a mid-2000s horror film in that it's got like, the movie's only like, I don't know, an hour and a half-ish, somewhere in there. But it feels like... Th- 80% of that is set up shots to make sure you hate everybody ah. <laughs> or the, like the other people you're supposed to. I mean, the weird thing to me is you definitely have a group of people on the plane mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, we're not supposed to like, well, this is getting into spoilers. You know no, what? We don't want to do that. Okay. No, what I was going to say, though, is that I'm glad that we're doing this because this is a great chance to talk about virality, meme culture, what happens when brands decide that they like are in on the joke and are and, and try to Yes. It never works. No, this is very much a like you should have learned from this Morbius. Yeah. yeah. You should have realized that people love to make fun of dumb bullshit. That does not equal dollars. No, it won't it won't help you. And you know what? If you're listening and you work for The Simpsons, yeah, we're not we're lying right now. Put Graggle in The Simpsons. <laughs> Go ahead and make him real. It'll work this time. I promise. No, this time. This time. The I'm, dumb th- meme will actually yeah, be good. This time we're serious. <laughs> I mean, without getting into the spoilers yet, I got to say they went back and did a lot of reshoots on this to make it more 
meme bump it from a PG-13 to an R, try and make it that sort of campy horror that everyone thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, give it the famous motherfucking snakes on a motherfucking plane line, which wasn't in there originally. Yeah. And I feel like the movie would have been better without that. It would have been entirely forgotten without that, basically. I don't think it would have been good, but it at least wouldn't have been a famous flop that people still make fun of. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely one where you're like, Oh, this would have been much like I feel like the remake of the Poseidon Adventure came and went and people were like, boy, that was a movie and no one cares or talks about it. That could have been this. Mm -hmm. But instead, people are like, remember Snakes on a Plane and how bad and stupid that was? And also because it got just exactly enough buzz and marketing and so on to launch like mockbusters like Snakes on a Train and shit. Oh, yeah. Like, which you got to assume that the people at Asylum were like, fuck, we got taken by this exactly as much as the actual studio did. No one wants snakes on a train. Nobody wanted the actual movie. Why? We're spending money to make something to fool people to get when they're trying to get the other thing, Mm -hmm. but they don't even want that thing. (laughs) Quick, cancel Glorbius the Leprechaun. (laughs) (laughs) Do not cancel Glorbius the Leprechaun. I will give you several dollars for I, Glorbius I the prob- Leprechaun. I promise I will show up in theaters for Glorbius the Leprechaun, <laughs> starring Hornswoggle. Hand to God. <laughs> yeah, this is our guarantee. <laughs> this is our system mastery promise. We make it in a sarcastic tone so you know it's real. That's our seal of approval. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the movie, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, no spoilers. The movie's kind of bad and made worse by dumb decisions. But, uh... If you missed it, you didn't. Yeah, don't worry about it. We are going to let you know everything that was actually decent and all the things that very much weren't when we come back from a little bit of music and talk about all the spoilers in Snakes on a Plane. and Beglorbius. <laughs> it's Beglorbin time. <laughs> They'll never find me pot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> I like that in this, Beglorbius the leprechaun still also drinks blood. <laughs> I'm d- legally distinct from a vampire. <laughs> I would. I mean, you could make him another thing. You could make him a, a, a different type of folkloric vampire. You could make him a dampier. Yeah, a dampier or uh, what do they call the the chi- the hopping vampires? They have a, they have a, their own name. I think you could have a kappa. Uh, Ka- well, kappa's not a vampire. It's no, like but a, you could have one. Yeah, it could, it could be Glorbius the kappa. I, I would be amazing. I, I don't care. It's capping time. I just... I'm about to bust a kappa. <laughs> And welcome to it. They'll never dump out me pot of of head blood. <laughs> yeah. Keeps a cucumber in head blood. <laughs> well, no, it's like a kappa, right? Don't they have like a whole, like a yeah, bowl? Yeah, a cucumber for, oh, full a of cu- water. Is, oh, they know there's a cucumber. I thought it was just a bowl. I thought their head had, a, had an indent on top. And they love top. cucumbers. Oh, I didn't know about that. that that's news to me. I yeah, and if you don't want one of them to murder you, yeah. you write your name on a cucumber, put it near the... Uh, water, and then they'll eat that instead of oh, you. Oh, see, I thought, uh, the only thing I knew about Kappa's, besides, besides that they're turtle-ish, uh, turtle. they're turtle enough yeah, for they the can, turtle club. they could definitely get into the turtle club. Yeah, is is that they have a, like an indent on their head full of water, and if you can make them spill that water... Oh, they're done. They, they, they either die, or they have to grant you a wish, or I don't know. <laughs> grant you a dying wish. 
make you a vampire. It's, yeah, they have to make you a vampire. It's, it's nebulous. If you, they don't know how, but they have to learn. If you push a kappa, they're like, squash. Oh, man, I got to make you a vampire. <laughs> We're experts on all cultural mythologies here. <laughs> Look, it's Glorbin time. It was deadly serious. I don't know. Deadly serious. Get at us. Anyway, the movie starts in Hawaii. <laughs> Whoa, does Glorbius? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Glor- Glorbius has to start in Hawaii. That 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 makes the move to Ireland so shocking when it happens. <laughs> You're like, island to island, we're doing it. <laughs> That's the original title. It's the, uh, it, it was originally written as a sequel for, for Jungle to Jungle. Exactly. Uh, and, and It was <laughs> island to island, and yeah. then they were like, oh, well, Morbius came out, so. Well, Tim Allen is politically unpopular these days. Can we replace him with a cackling magic leprechaun that drinks blood from a pot? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Played by Tim Allen. Just a just a couple <laughs> reshoots. Barely any, though. Well, it was originally going to star Ezra Miller, so. <laughs> Woo. Woo, boy. We're doing it. We're, we're getting deep into trouble here. <laughs> All right. Starts in Hawaii. I tried. Hey, look. I get it. I understand. So, Snake's on a plane. Starting in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. With just five minutes of the same fucking beach shots you see at the beginning of a Baywatch episode. Oh, it's 100%. The beginning of this is, have you ever seen anything that starts on Hawaii or Miami? Yeah, that. or Malibu. Yeah, same thing. It's all just, it's just sexy people on the beach. I always worry about shots. Like, not in this, I'm assuming, because it's got like a movie budget, so they probably paid actors to walk to, you know, yeah. so with, with butts pointed, or cameras pointed at their butts. I always worry about that when I'm watching like old beach shows, and there's just so many like, insert shots of babes walking around with their butts and you're like oh dude they don't know they're on this show do they i mean if you ever see their face then yes <laughs> that's true they got to sign a release but if it's just a a pan across see, a line of butts if you just see butts time to worry that's my <laughs> philosophy in life i have never been steered wrong dear jordan peele <laughs> Have I got an idea for an for a hip urban horror film for you? Just butts. If all you see is butts, it's time to go. <laughs> You're in trouble. <laughs> Starring Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> Welcome to my movie. You're in trouble. <laughs> it's going to be really hard to do the previews for it because any shot of just butts will cause everyone who's watching the preview to, to be like, "Oh no, I don't want to be here." And oh run away. no. Yeah. Yeah, and then just one face in the background so that you're like, oh, no, I can't leave. There's one face. I thought it was just butts. In Hawaii. In Hawaii. We have a character. I don't remember his name, but he's he's not the main character. Obviously, Sam Jackson is the main character here, but he is the... He's the main... He's the instigator. Yeah, he's the main reason we have a movie basically and he is out dirt biking and you can tell when they switch from incidental shots of people partying on a beach to planned shots when they switch to the dirt bike guy because all of a sudden the camera gets a lot sharper and it's tracking instead of just a wide shot Ah. (laughs) yeah so this is our i know he's not the hero and honestly after this he barely even matters but sean he's the MacGuffin, is what he is yeah sean is the like secret special thing that we have to protect because while he's dirt biking around and let me ask you something yeah i don't know anything about dirt biking and i'm willing to say that out loud onto a microphone (laughs) and yet you assume i do no (laughs) okay good what i'm going to say right now is anyone listening do you know anything about dirt biking and how much time do you spend popping wheelies because this guy spends 80% 80% of his time riding a bike, 
popping a wheelie. I think it's a lot, actually. I think if you're the kind of person who dirt bikes around uh, in whole... Because here's the problem. Sean isn't supposed to be a heroic and laudable character, but we see him dirt biking off trail in Hawaii National Forests. Yeah. So the instant he's doing that, he's lost to me. I'm like, oh, I'm not in your side anymore. Those plants are rare and they will never come back. If you ride your dumb fucking dirt bike over them, you colonizer. Get the fuck off that island in your shitty cheap apartment. Uh, here's the thing about Sean as a character as well is every time he talks and we learn anything about him, I'm like, I don't like you. Because we start with him fucking off-roading in Hawaii, and I'm like, all right, that is, that's a strike against you. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm a fucking surfer. And I'm like, okay, cool. That, that's fine. Point break had surfers. I like them. Great, whatever. But then he's like, oh, man, I have to go testify against a dude. I was going to go surf in Bali. And I'm like, I don't like you. I don't, like, I don't you. like you. I would love a story. I, I would love an explanation for how you are doing what you are doing. I want to yeah. know how like, you What is your a, actual job, yeah, though? He lives in an upscale apartment in Honolulu, and he dirt that bikes. Ain't cheap. He dirt bikes wherever he wants, and he's currently just planning idly a surfing vacation in Bali. I want the story, but we never see a, a inkling of anything of anything about how this guy like pays the bills. No, this guy is. He reads very much as I'm just sort of the idle rich son of someone who has a lot of money. Yeah, I think this is the thing where in 2006 people weren't asking that question yet. Ah. Where you're just like, when you watch the movie, you're like, well, yeah, he's he's fine. He has an Look, he's in an apartment, not a house. That's how you can tell he's supposed to be poor. Ah. <laughs> anyway, while he's out dirt biking, he, uh, he hears a noise, comes to a stop, and lo and behold, he witnesses a murder. Yeah, there is a prosecutor that gets dropped off of a bridge mm -hmm. uh but is uh hung by rope, his yeah. feet to a rope and so he comes over and is like oh i need to help you and of course the guy's just like get the fuck out of here run my dude mm -hmm. and he does you know about 10 feet away and then stops and he hides and we see our main villain for the film mm -hmm. who <laughs> main villain well he's in two scenes he is he gets no resolution he is technically in the same way that this guy is technically the instigator of what's going on, mm -hmm. so too is this guy the, like, antagonist of what is happening. Yeah, so this is Eddie Kim, uh, who is a, a well-known uh, super mobster of some kind. He does some kind of evil mob stuff. He is, he is a very famous mobster, and especially famous for being, like, brutal in his murders of things, but... As much as everyone is like, yeah, this dude fucking ripped a guy's eyes out and fed it to a pig. And we all know that he, of course, hasn't been tried for anything. Plausible deniability and whatever. But, they're, they're waiting to nail him on something. But this is an L.A. prosecutor that was on vacation in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And because he was trying to prosecute Kim, uh, he gets murdered and, like, baseball bat pinatad by this dude. Yes. And then... <laughs> They don't see Sean. Yeah, and we get a bunch of setup for Kim here, too, where he's like, he has this whole routine about how he's like, I'm, you know, you, you think I'm not a legitimate businessman. Well, you're kind of right. But now it's your stupid nobility that's going to make it so your daughter has to grow up without a father. I grew up without a father, though, and I turned out fine, didn't I? Oh, no, I have blood on my suit because I hit you with a bat. And you're like, wow, you're really setting this guy up. I wonder if he's, like, going to surprise be on the plane or something. I mean, that was the thing is this guy 100% was like, Oh, you've got charisma. The dude who is playing Eddie Kim, I'm like, you're real good when you do the like, I'm calm yet crazy at the same time murdering this guy. I was yeah. like, you do a wonderful job. You're a great mob boss. 
we get another scene later where he's like... He goes unhinged for a second. It's great. Well, he's, you know, doing fucking martial arts and is just like really fucking aggravated and stuff. And you're like, oh, this yeah. guy's cool. Because like a henchman comes out and he's like, sir, this was like the craziest way to commit a murder you've ever come up with. <laughs> this is the dumbest shit this you've is, ever this thought This is of. ridiculous. Are you sure you need to do this? And he goes all unhinged. He's like, he saw me. There's no cons- other way to do this. You've, we've got to fill his plane with... Uh, wait, hold on. Let me make sure I got this right. Pheromone crazed attack snakes. We got to do it. We got to do it. <laughs> There's no other way. I can't think of a different way to take out an airplane person. And it's weird because I'm like, you have the ability to load all of these snakes and pheromones onto this plane you know what plane it is. You've had all of that waiting at the airport, and yet you couldn't be like, yeah, we just put a bomb in there. Yeah, just put a bomb. And they, know, they knew bomb-sniffing dogs were going to be a problem. They, they could have just been like, oh, we'll just put one guy on the plane and have him kill this guy with like a blow dart full of poison, and we'll be fine. Everything's fine. Except we did it. they have the fucking bomb-sniffing dogs, and it's... Oh, these snakes are next to a cat. <laughs> they couldn't find... No, they, the stated reason they couldn't find the snakes is because they're cold-blooded, so they didn't show up on the scans, and the dog isn't trained to give a shit about a bunch of snakes. No, the, the whole thing is we show it, sniff at the thing, but right next to it is a crate with a cat, and the handler's like, Ah, oh, leave that cat alone. Duke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... But no, after those two scenes, this dude disappears from the fucking film and never comes back. He keeps getting mentions, and you're like, well, obviously they will have added, because they added scenes to this movie, they will definitely have added a scene where, like, police arrest that guy and we get to see him get perp-walked or something, right? No, there's a point where, like, a random FBI agent, the man on the ground, as he is known, uh, basically is like, yeah, call Eddie Kim, ask him what his preference is, electrocution or the lethal injection. You're like, that's not a real resolution. Like, Yeah, they check in with him like three times in the movie, and they're like, hey, man, how's Kim doing? Oh, great. We got a bunch of dudes over at his place just watching him. Is there? Are we going to cut to that? Oh, goodness, no. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, this wasn't that kind of movie previously, and we couldn't get that actor back. <laughs> that dude had an afternoon, okay? <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, now we have a witness who saw the crime, and unfortunately, when he runs away, they do hear him run away. So now Kim's like, well, figure out who that guy is and kill him. I can't have any witnesses to me killing a DA. Because, you know, Sean's brilliant plan of instead of walking the bike away is to turn on his loud as fuck motorbike and drive away when he is 10 feet from the crime scene. Yeah, so he definitely got, he he has to take his dirt bike back with him and definitely needs to kill some more random indigenous plants and animals to get out of here. And, you know, obviously needs to leave right now and not just wait until they get back in the car yeah no just run now so now he thinks well i saw a murder and it probably doesn't matter i'll just laze around my apartment and plan my trip to bali i mean at least when sam jackson shows up uh to his apartment because apparently they were able to track him based on a red bull can uh, you would have thought they'd just be like well Who's that? Anyone in town know about a lazy dirt biker who, like, drives an extremely expensive dirt bike and just drives it all over forests and shit? Oh, yeah, that piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was one thing for me to be like, all right, the bad guys find him because they're like, oh, we saw his dirt bike. We know what it looks like. We can just go into town and be like, all right, where the fuck is this dude's bike? Yes. But the FBI guys, they throw a baggie with his fucking Red Bull cannon. I'm like... What did you think you were doing with that? Huh? 
What exactly did that Red Bull can give you that led you to this apartment? I mean, I guess if he drank from it, they could get like spit residue DNA or something. Yeah, but that would only that work if this guy had happened. a warrant. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely were like, hey, can you rush the spit on this Red Bull can just in case? And they were like, yes, we'll do that immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But uh, basically, we, we see Sean hanging around his, his apartment. Uh, then he hears a noise, and it's a bunch of gang members from Kim's gang uh, drilling out the lock of his window. He tries to hide, but he's very dumb, so he does not know where he's going to hide or what he's going to do. And it's at this point he gets grabbed by, what's his name, uh, Neville Neville Flynn? Yeah. FBI agent, special agent, Neville special Flynn. Special agent. Well, that's That's Sam Jackson's name who pulls him aside is like, do exact... This is important. It's the only line it's, in the movie so with, important. with multiple callbacks to it, which is, do as I say and you live. Do yeah. exactly as I say and and you live. Yeah. And then, you know, Sam Jackson murders a bunch of dudes and then they fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they, uh, they interrogate him in a police room where he just doesn't want to be a witness. They're just like, you got to be a witness for this. And he's like, eh, what if I don't want to be? I mean, and again, at least in that scene, they're like... Oh, they explained why he was just sitting in his fucking room not doing anything. Is he was like, "Oh, I saw all the fucking things about this guy specifically and how like the cops were in his pocket, so I thought if I went to the cops saying I saw this dude get murdered, mm-hmm. then he, I would be iced by, you know, crooked cops." Yeah, and Jackson's like, "Well, you're absolutely right to do that." So, yeah, good, 100%. Good, good on you. Uh, but now it's more important that you testify. And he's like, I don't want to testify. I've seen what happens to everyone who's ever tried to testify against this guy. And, ja- and basically Jackson just, Flynn, basically promises to protect him uh, and says they have a whole plan in place by which he can go to L.A. because Kim's from L.A., which, by the way, adds a really interesting wrinkle to this movie is wondering about Kim being from L.A. Yeah. Um, notably that the snakes are also from an illegal dealer in L.A., which means he flew them over to Hawaii on a separate plane yes. to load them into this plane. Yes. <laughs> and did that very quickly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this where if you start to think about the logistics of it, you're like, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's a lot of easier ways to do this. But but no, I mean, we can we can set that aside because obviously the premise of this movie is that, you know, a guy uses a ridiculously circuitously compluent or a competent or incompetent plan to murder one guy on a 747. Yeah. And without that, the movie is nothing. So let's just go ahead and assume that it makes perfect sense to kill a guy with plane snakes. I. <sighs> sure. Let's do that. Yep. OK. <laughs> so, yeah, they I mean, they get him to the airport and it's like. Oh, here's this big plane with a bunch of cops checking it out and a bunch of dogs searching it and everything. And he's like, ah, that's the plane that every police officer in Honolulu thinks we're going to fly in. But actually, we're just going to take some commercial airliner that over and that's it. Yeah, which is brilliant. What a great idea. Of course, they also do send cop sniff or or, uh, bomb sniffing dogs onto that plane. Uh, and lots of cops through to sweep that plane. So a random attendant who works for Kim is just like, yeah, they're also checking this other plane over here. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of people checking this plane. It, uh, it's all, it's obviously this one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, I would have done it that way. I would have been like, we're going to pretend to be on that private plane, but actually be on this other, other private, private plane. Other <laughs> private plane, yeah. <laughs> At a different airstrip entirely. Yeah. Just... I'm going to have the hard ticket to Hawaii girls fly you to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's weird that they weren't just like, I don't know, man, get us a a plane that's at a secured location. Mm -hmm. Send us from like, I don't know, a military base or some shit. (laughs) Whatever. 
Who cares? Now we know they're going to be on this big ass 747. And we also know for some reason this is a 747 where the livery has been rearranged. So instead of the top floor of the, uh, you know, that, that hump at the top of a 747, normally that's like a lounge. But here it's first class. Yes, that is where first class sits is upstairs. Yes. Um, which would be weird because normally first class people get to sit down right away. The moment they go, that's like the whole point of being in first class. Oh, yeah. The whole point is you get to also get out there yeah. first and you're right next to the door and everyone has to walk past you and know that you made $1,400 for this trip for the for fucking Denver or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, in this case, what they do is the FBI commandeers the entirety of first class to have, uh, just two FBI agents and Sean sitting up there. Yes. Which, and again, feels very conspicuous. And that is when we get our parade of characters that are going to be on this flight. Yeah. I've never seen a, mo- a 90 minute movie feel like it takes three hours like this before. Cause it's just the, I, uh, you and I have very different tastes in films. Yes. It's fair. Well, I, I, I understand the point of this, mo- this scene in a disaster or, or a horror movie is to set up the victims and make sure you either like or hate them. Now, here's the thing that yeah. I was going to say. Uh, back when I was like stopping myself because it was going to be spoilers. Yes. We set up a lot of characters in here and you think at the start, there is a very distinct line of these are the people that are murderable. These are the people that are not. Yeah. And you know, on one side of the line, you're like, oh, here's a mother and her baby. Here are two kids traveling alone. Uh, here's a guy who's super afraid of flying, but he's like a great husband. And the only reason he's here is because he was his wife wanted to go to Hawaii for their vacation and he's, you know, scared, but loving. And then on the other side, you have like a snooty British businessman. Yes. A, he's the one who complains about not being allowed in first class. Yeah. A, uh, I mean, all the first class people you think are, Oh, these are it. You have a lady who's like, I'm a Paris Hilton stand in because it's 2006. So that's I have, you know. okay, that's fair. I'm, I'm a, Blonde lady with a little chihuahua in a bag with, like, a diamond-studded collar. Yeah, she also wore a lot of yellow check patterns, which to me read as, uh, this is a legally blonde stand-in. Like, they wanted to do a legally blonde character. No, it's 2006. This is Paris Hilton. Rich character, but ultimately kind of nice. She has Alicia Silverstone hair and a chihuahua in her purse. It's fucking uh, legally blonde. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) If it was a Paris Hilton stand-in, they would have melted her face off and killed her. See, here's the thing is that's why I'm weirded out by this is I was like, you have that. And then you also have a uh, famous rapper and his bodyguards and rapper is uh three G's. God, he's the introduction to him is, is, and uh, he is a, as far as I would say an R Kelly stand in, mm-hmm. but also a germaphobe is his big thing. Yeah. He doesn't like people touching him. He, he's uh but yeah, but ultimately he is quite nice at the beginning. There's a scene where he like signs autographs. Yeah, Granted, you know, where he grabs a, a lady's tip. grabs a lady's boob and signs it, yeah. And then as soon as he, you know, shakes a kid's hand, he's like, ugh. And then as soon as he walks away, he has to use Purell. Yeah. He's not nice at the beginning. No, I know. he's he, But germaphobe isn't the same thing as mean. I feel like, no. I feel like movies use germaphobe means mean as a shorthand. But it's... The thing is, you have the snooty first class people and the family-oriented people in coach. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is very clearly the, these people will be safe, these people will die. Whereas, you're like, oh no, that husband and wife, fucking dead. Yeah. Two thirds of the way in, after the second big attack of snakes, they go down. And I was like, huh, weird. The, obviously the British guy, 
has to die because he's British. And he has to die special because he has multiple scenes that set up how mean he is. First, he meets, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say the head flight attendant. Well, yeah, because uh, Margulies yes, is yeah, yeah, our yeah. main flight attendant. Yeah, so, so uh, when, Claire. Claire. So he, he uh, when he talks to Claire. And, she's and like, this is her last day, by yeah, the way. Oh, her last She's flight. one day from retirement. Yeah, when, when uh, <laughs> luckily there are two people on the plane who should be retiring, so they don't have to kill her off. Uh, but yeah, they, they um, when, when she tells him that there is no first class seating available, he like, dresses her down as sarcastic and threatens to talk to her manager. And then he goes and sits on the plane and realizes he's not near like, but, but within earshot of him are a dog and a baby. And he's like, Americans, this is the, this is simply the worst. I shall not. It's like, it's a big fucking empty plane, dude. Just go somewhere else quietly. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, he needs a special death. Our, uh, Paris Hilton with the dog, Shows up and when told that they can't go into first class is like, oh my goodness, is coach even safe? Right. And you're like, okay, you're a snooty rich lady. We get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three G's and his two bodyguards are, are just like, yeah, don't, don't talk to us. We'll find our own way. Yeah. Yeah. So you establish the characters that feel like bad guys. You also establish a shitload more characters than there are actually stories to tell. Well, yeah. Cause then we're like, all right, what else can we establish? Uh, Oh, here's an ugly fat lady. Yeah, uh. that one's sad. That there's a lady who comes on. She's like a Hawaiian lady in like a big moo moo, and she's just sort of old and dumpy looking. And 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 when she walks down the the, the central aisle, three G's turns to um, Keenan Thompson is in this movie. God bless Keenan Thompson for being in this. God, Keenan Thompson, and thank God for David Keckner at the same time. <laughs> We're just like, oh, lifelines. Thank you. Oh. Uh, but Keenan Thompson is in this as one of uh, 3G's two posse member slash bodyguard guys. Yes. Uh, and I guess even though they're both the same big fat guy, as far as I can tell. As far as I can Kenan tell. Keenan is the fat one because he gets the fat one jokes. So 3G leans over and is like, hey, if you slept with that lady, you guys would have two uh, 20 pound babies. Which yeah, is- I bet you like that, huh? Yeah. Thick in- she's got thick in the back and the front and the sides. Yeah, which is, you know, it, it's a great setup to show that Keenan is a posse member because he has to be. Because yeah, because he like, he's like, ha ha ha. Yeah, immediately just, goes back to playing a video game. Yeah, it goes into dead silence. But this poor woman character, this this older woman character gets murdered by snakes after they go up her, while she's sleeping, up her outfit and like get her off in her dreams. Yeah, it's like, ooh, there's a big python going up her skirt, huh? Yeah. And it goes past her breasts. And then she just wakes up exactly at the right time for it to bite her on the tongue and murder her. Oh, she gets eye? bitten in the eye. That's, that's right. She's the eye one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a bunch of other people who are like, uh, bitten on the tongue, bitten on the dick, bitten on the tit. Yeah, there's a lot of targeted bites. But the thing that I wanted to get to, the, the, the reason I felt like this woman was so disrespected, she never says a word in the movie. She no. has no lines. No one ever talks to her. She get she has like one line, which is just that she wants a like drink. That oh, was that's it. right. She wants like a gin and tonic or something. Yeah. Uh, but her name in the IMDb credits is Mrs. Bova. So you know that they also the writers want you to know that even if you check the credits, why this lady's some sort of big cow. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just rough. Uh, but there's also the kickboxer. There's a kickboxer character who's set up as a, 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 a you know a, a good guy kickboxer. Given that the bad guy in the movie is a bad guy kickboxer, and I mean when he first showed up, I thought, oh, this is one of Kim's dudes as a backup plan. in case like the snakes don't work. He has one scene where he helps rescue the rich lady, and then he just sits back down and is quietly out of the movie. Yeah, because but when we first see him. He is there to have a fun little gay joke. Yeah, he's part of the gay jokes. We have a, as part of our flight attendant crew, we have uh, 
Juliana Margulies as our main character flight attendant who is about to become a lawyer and it's her last day. Mm-hmm. Then we have a uh, sexy, hot, young lady flight attendant who, of course, is like, I'm going to fall in love with Sean for no reason. Which be- is great because Sean does nothing. Sean, once he's on the plane, he's like, I want to help. And Jackson has to be like, no. No, dude. No, the whole point of this was to get you to L.A. alive. Quit trying to go get killed by snakes. Uh, but she has to come out and deal with that, where she like has a crush on him, but he's just sitting there because he has to. He's just like, I'm okay. So she's like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm a witness to an Eddie Kim assassination. And she goes, that's so hot. Yeah. And you're like, I, yeah, I, I guess witnessing a crime is super hot. We get to- I guess Maybe she listened to a lot of true, true crime pro- podcasts. We get Lynn Shay as Grace. Lynn Shay is a character that shows up in a lot of horror stuff. And the second I saw her, I was like, oh, you're going to die. Oh, That's your point of, in being in a horror film is to die and put weird makeup on you. Yeah, she's the older lady, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then we have a flight attendant guy whose name is Ken. Mm-hmm. And he's, Hi, kind, gals, that kind, he's of thing. kind of effeminate. And so when the kickboxer shows up, it has to be a whole thing where it's like, Oh, you're a kickboxer? I do kickboxing with my girlfriend. And the guy's like, yeah, your girlfriend. Uh-huh. Because right. yeah. you're gay. Because you're super gay, my friend. You're super gay. And he's uh, like, I know. Don't hit on me, man. Uh, <laughs> gay people. And I'm just like, why? It's especially bad because the movie ends it with the follow-up gay joke to that. which Where is... his girlfriend actually shows up at the end. And, yeah. And the reaction shot isn't the fucking kickboxer. No, it should have been the kickboxer going like, Oh, huh, his girlfriend is showing up. It's the two other, like, flight attendants that are still alive. And they're both like, whoa. And you're like, dude, aren't you, like, f- he's been talking to you familiarly. Yeah, about you guys your, like, are lives. part of a crew. You're You've been friends. Flying together. You should know this. <laughs> no, it's it's just infuriating. Like, like what the hell? Why, why not use the kickboxer for that shot? It's true. There's, it makes me wonder if he was part of the five minutes of extra footage. Because... This movie just has five minutes of footage that they put in there as part of the whole let's make it more memory. Yeah, I mean he's in a lot of background running around shots. You can whenever they run up and down stairwells and so on, you can see him in the crowd. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he he feels tacked on like he doesn't have an ending. No, that's it's one of the weird things about this that makes it even if you didn't have all the stupid bullshit like snakes on a plane meme shit. Yeah. It still ends up falling flat as a disaster movie because normally in the disaster film, you're like, all right, we're going to meet all these characters, figure out what their shit is, kill off a lot of them, mm-hmm. and then get sort of a end, what have they learned at the end sort of thing. But we get no real character progression for anyone. Like, yeah. no one learns anything. Well, that's the thing. Usually a disaster movie is about, you know, coincidences assembling the, the right people for the right task, even if a lot of other people died. You watch a good disaster movie, and it's like, oh, look at them. We're introducing 50 characters. By the end of the movie, five characters who have the exact skills that we they happen to need to save one person, and then everybody gets to live, it, it, are together now. Yeah, I mean, and, usually it's, you know, you've got a couple people with actual skills, someone related to whoever the main character is. Usually it's a, his daughter. Yeah, a wife or a daughter. And then, you know, one or two other likable characters that manage to make it through. And if there is a son, they need to be older than that daughter, and they need to be just rebellious enough to be like, no, Dad, I'm going out into the disaster. It's what a hero would do, and then you never see them again. I mean, that or they live. Usually yeah. it's the last death is the hero dad. Yeah, that that, that too. Or if uh, if there's... If it's a Roland Emmerich movie, it's the hero stepdad. Yes, who will die, and then the dad gets to get back with his ex-wife. Yes, God, Geostorm did that, and it was like 
the fuck are you doing? Actually, I think Moonfall did it worse. And 2012 did. Yeah. It's, well, it's just every Roland Emmerich disaster yeah. movie. For a guy who was like saying that Marvel movies have killed the uh, the movie industry, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to make more movies about stuff falling on the planet and a bunch of people running around being like, sir, I think stuff's going to fall on the planet. That's crazy. No, it won't. Uh, it is now. I think bad things are going to happen. Get my ex-wife on the phone. <laughs> I need to have sex with her. <laughs> I need to show that I've changed. <laughs> the So yeah, we get a bunch of characters that get onto the plane, and of mm-hmm. course everyone has to be in coach, but even with nobody being allowed into first class, this is still a very sparsely full plane because it's the red eye. Uh, yeah. Though even then... They take off at like 7 p.m. though. It's a weird idea for a red... It's like daylight when they take off. Eh. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's uh, Twilight, not Daylight. Maybe uh, the red eye in Hawaii is completely different. I don't know. I mean, they're going in and it's dark. <laughs> By the time they're in the air for a while, yes, it is dark. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, they're, they're all in coach and this airplane is dead nearly empty. Like the kind of air, the flight that they would have canceled. Yes. Because, you know, be like, oh, this isn't going to be worth the fuel. No. That's why looking at it, I was like, huh, man, I wonder if <laughs> if they hadn't commandeered first class and said you need to take us as that and go to the la if they wouldn't have just gone ah well fuck this <laughs> yeah no we're not doing this um so the nice thing about everyone being in coach is at least it secures most of our characters into a single location uh it allows us a little bit of room for a quick conversation between uh flynn and sean uh and then for sean to get hit on by the the flight attendant that's working the upstairs lounge we also get to meet the two pilots uh the main pilot who the the, the lead the, the actual pilot yeah. who doesn't matter and gets killed really fast. <laughs> and the actual pilot, who is a nice, competent man, and mm-hmm. he will die. And then David Koechner, who's a horn dog, but at least is competent. But he's a real horn dog. Like, he hits on every one of the flight attendants in yeah. ha- like, walk- while walking past them. <laughs> when, when this plane is about to crash and he is dying, he's still like, hey, let me get your shirt off, see your titties. Yeah, she's like, oh, for God's sake, Frank. And he's like, you gotta try, right? Yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, anyway, uh, th- just setting up everybody who's in the plane at various locations so we can deal with the, uh, aftermath. So, anyway, um... I mean, the, the big inciting thing here is once we get up into the air, once we've established all of our characters and we've established there are murder snakes and everything on here, the first people to die are, of course, a couple who go into the bathroom to have sex. And they are, was- they are irritating, although the death is great. They're irritating because they're already making out when the plane uh, is taking off. Oh, yeah. But they are very obviously an added to the film thing Mm -hmm. because we get nudity. And we got, they're like porn actors. Oh, yeah. In terms of everybody else in the plane looking like, you know, Hollywood type actors. These two are like pure, they're like plastic people. They're like toys. But it's interesting because we also get the sensibilities of this death, whereas most of the other ones are the sensibilities of a disaster film. Yes. This is the the sensibilities of a horror film. Yeah, there are where two it's or like, three. Oh, you're having sex. You disabled the smoke detector so you could smoke a joint. It's the punitive going against social mores death. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's very horror film. Plus, it also works. I mean, functionally, I don't really like the idea of these two characters who are clearly all over each other also needing to smoke weed when they go do the Mile High Club it's, bathroom sex. I mean, it's very clearly a just so we can undo this fixture. Yes, exactly. I mean, conceptually, I like it because it's like, well, he does that by pulling down a 
I'm going to go ahead and say it, house smoke alarm. Yes. Not an airplane smoke alarm. He just reaches up and pulls down the big circular night hot grand smoke, uh, grade smoke and carbon monoxide sensor. Yes, indeed. <laughs> just like you always see in yeah. every plane. Just, that's why airplanes run out of nine volt batteries so fucking fast. <laughs> They don't inbuild their smoke detectors. No, they just buy off the rack ones at Home Depot. Apparently, obviously, <laughs> same thing with their lighting fixtures. It turns out, but yeah, he carves a, he, he, by pulling that down. He leaves a hole in the ceiling, which is perfect for snakes to come down. So that's that's clever. But I, I still am like, uh, you know, you guys are already fucking in a bathroom. I don't need you to be like, why do we fuck? Why don't we smoke a big spliff? And you're like, dude, I get it. Nah, man, you got it. Because because you have to have the orgy of reasons why they need to die yeah. because you haven't set them up as bad people yet. My problem with that generally is that this is a personal problem, of course. Just a minor personal problem. Oh, obviously. I don't like fucking on weed. It's not, it's like the worst drug to fuck on. Well, here's the thing, is they're fucking wall smoking weed. That's fair. Which that means the like weed isn't really going to hit them it's for a bit. It's just going to hit them in a little bit and be better. Yeah, yeah. I, it'd just be like an afterglow thing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, they get killed by snakes in stupid ways. He just gets one around his neck and it bites him in the face. But she has to get bit square on the exposed nipple. Yes, indeed. And in one of the few scenes that works, I mean, one that very much is a, oh, ha, if we were playing this for camp comedy horror thing, then yes, that would be the exact type of scene you want. Yeah. And outside of it, we get the uh, the guy and the older flight attendant who are like, oh, Mile High Club. And of course, they're making noise because they're being murdered by snakes. But she's like, oh, I guess he's pretty good. And then, of course, they die and it stops. She's like, oh, I guess not that good. <laughs> and I'm like, that was a, that was one whole scene that worked and might be, spoiler for the end of the podcast, the best thing in this film. <laughs> might be. Although, I gotta say, when it comes to fucking in an airplane bathroom, brevity's... When it comes to fucking in an airplane bathroom... <laughs> I don't always do it. No, <laughs> but, but what I do, when it comes to fucking an airplane I bathroom, smoke spliffs. <laughs> brevity is actually key. You don't want to get caught. And you don't want to deal with. It's not about like let's have a lengthy fuck session. Let's go tantric in this bitch. You're like, nah. You want to get in and out. You want to be done. Yeah. It's more about saying you did it than anything else. It's it's all bragging rights. Yeah. Less... So the whole thing where she's like, oh, he didn't fuck for like 20 minutes, like a oh, like a no. porn actor. What the fuck? I guess he sucks at fucking. He didn't do it for a porn length of time. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're an old lady. You are not, you're not like a little impressionable 19 year old boy. It was like all sex involves doing that thing where you slap him in the face with your dick and then you fuck him for 45 minutes straight. <laughs> I've seen porn. I know I what sex is. I know what sex is. It's a lot of choking for some reason. <laughs> the, <laughs> the death there though is the first one we get. And then we have to wait a while because then we have to set up how everyone else is going to get hit by the snakes. Now, there are a few that manage to come through and are, like, crawling around on the floor. We get the introduction to Snake-O-Vision. Oh, boy, Snake-O-Vision, which is just green and telescoped inward a little bit. Yep. It's really ugly. Just get some, some real, like, blasted-out green fisheye lens. Now, the next person to get bit by a snake and die is the captain of the plane. Yeah, the because... Pilot. We get a few scenes where someone like almost gets bit, like mm -hmm. their foot almost gets. It's like uh, an Indian woman, yeah, who, who almost gets bit on the foot, but she brings her foot up to and sit then you like cross-legged. See her again? Oh yeah, there's a lot of people in this that are like, "I am here and never again." Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, it's literally a bottle episode of a movie. They are always on a plane, and it's a less than half full seven forty-seven. Sure, sure, that still means there could be more than a hundred people on the plane. There aren't. 
Well, and yet you're still like, what happened to that lady? Did she get bit by a snake after she narrowly didn't get bit by I a mean, snake? Probably. Given that we don't <laughs> see her, we assume she is in the death hold. Yes. But yeah, after that, we get uh, the point where a snake crawls through the controls of the plane. Fucks up the avionics. Yeah. So that fucks up. And they're going through a storm when that happens, too. So it's super fucked up. Yeah. So they have to contact uh, ground control in LA and be like, yeah, we just lost avionics. Can we please have priority for the landing queue? And they're like, yeah, priority has been granted, uh, but go try and fix your ship. And so Keckner takes over flying the plane while the other captain, the captain goes into the hold of the plane to investigate what happened to the electronics where he is uh, killed. Yeah. And he fixes the problem. At least he does. He fixes the problem. And then a snake gets him good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now at this point we get a little more break. Those are the two who have died. But the interesting thing though about this is, when they find the captain and he is dead, they're like, oh no, a heart attack. Yes. Even though he was bit very clearly by a large snake on the neck and should have, you know, some bleeding holes there. And literally everyone else who was bit by one of these snakes goes like Foaming purpley, mouth, bubbly, yeah. and gets like nastiness all over them. Well, whereas I mean, he's like, nah, I'm fine. I mean, a large part of it is that they use like 80 kinds of snakes, which is hilarious. Yes. They, they, they use every kind of foreign snake they can find and not just, you know, load the plane with copperheads or something. I'm also amazed that you have not mentioned that the couple of times that they talk about this, they call them uh, poisonous snakes and not venomous snakes. There's, no, and there is a scene where a, a woman who, again, is in like that scene and then never, she's the woman with the baby. Uh, the one with the baby is like, oh, I know how to treat snake bites. I had, I, I had to go hiking a lot with my family in the old country. Uh, I need olive oil to swill around in my mouth so that the poison will not go down my throat. It will see, serve as a shield against the poison. And I'm like, it's snake venom. It's not poisonous. It's venomous. If you don't have a cut in your mouth, you should be fine. Yeah, but even when they, you know, manage to contact the ground and they're like, I need the best poisonous snake expert around and they get a guy and he doesn't go it's it's venomous, it's venomous. It's, you really I, want you really want that nerd to drop an it's venomous line yeah and i thought for sure because they had two separate points where someone were like oh no poisonous snakes once they got the expert he was going to be like my dude it is venomous please stop <laughs> my i mean my I, had soul. Be, I had to be honest i was expecting more nerdery out of the venomous snake expert that's right like, and and yet he is just a competent good guy character that they that ba- the movie barely has time for he has he has no shtick in this because they don't have enough time for it. Yeah. So instead, he just he never points out that it's not poisonous snakes. If it was, they wouldn't really have a problem. Poisonous things was the problem in the airplane movie Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely love because there was also a point where, you know, the guy goes like, oh, they've got all these poisonous snakes on there. And I wanted him to go, oh, well, then it shouldn't be a problem. Just don't eat them. Don't eat the snakes, guys. <laughs> Just don't eat the guys, snakes. Guys, don't eat these snakes. <laughs> we can't stop eating these snakes. They're so delicious. Oh, my God. Someone put poisonous gummy snakes in here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a couple of moments. Uh, again, I'm I'm letting a lot slide. I already established that I'm letting slide that this is the stupidest plan to kill one man there's ever been. Oh, yeah, of But course. also the scene where one of the snakes gets put into a microwave which has the best joke in the movie, even though you don't actually see it. Yeah. But it also, like, within eight seconds of being in the microwave, the snake messily explodes from one end to the other. Not even, like, a little blood comes out or part of it pops. Or no, the whole thing goes off like a little firecracker. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, again, hand wave that in the same way that you hand wave a car exploding in a movie. Yes. Where you're just like, yeah, that's just what happens in that situation. But the joke in that one is the male flight attendant grabs this snake, puts it in the microwave, and for... 
a brief second you can see the microwave when he punches in a number, mm-hmm. but he hits the snake preset on the microwave, and you're like, that's a great gag that I didn't know until I went and looked up the trivia for this movie. The problem is, it's a great gag for a comedy movie, which this isn't. It would be perfect if this was an airplane film. Yes. But it's the only if moment If this that... was a funny, no, I know, camp horror, I know it's a it would be fine. horror movie, but there's no other moment in this movie that's that's camp to that level. There's, that's the there, thing. There's, there's, they, there's close. They put in several things that are like oh, we need to make this more camp horror. I'm like, yeah, but the rest of this is disaster filled. Yeah, you got to finish the rest of the camp horror. Uh, anyway, basically what happens is once they establish that they think the pilot had a heart attack, Keckner takes over, he's up there flying the plane, and then snakes come out of his electronic system. When this happens, he doesn't get bit, but he smacks the, sm- the snakes off his thing, and when he smacks the snakes off the, uh, the dashboard, he also presses the button that causes the oxygen tanks to drop, and that drops 500 snakes into the cabin and starts scaring everybody. Yes. Now, the snakes had apparently only managed to get into the bottom half of the back of the plane so far. So when the oxygen masks drop, uh, a shitload of snakes drop down, but only in the back half of the plane. Yeah. So we get this tiered running away from snakes thing where Mm -hmm. like, all right, we're going to get a bunch of deaths here, but everyone has to run to the front of the plane and then we'll try and block off the back of the plane. Yeah. Then of course, obviously snakes are going to get into the back or front of the plane. And then we got to go up into the first class. Right. And we got to block that off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Now I, I just thought of a joke I wanted to do, but I, you know, well, I'll, I'll explain it later. Oh uh, yeah. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You're yeah. not going to do the joke. I'm not, I'm not going to do the joke. Folks. You didn't get the joke. <laughs> Here, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. Time real quick. No, I guess it's fine because, like, I, I think you may have already used that intro music. The, I don't like telling you which intro music to use because you're very contrary as a person. Yeah, I'm very so, much a fuck you, no, I'll do my own thing. So if I ever make a suggestion about a music choice, you're always like, no, fuck you, I'll find something. You just took away the most obvious, re- reasonable thing to do, and now I got to do a bunch of work. I don't like that for you. I want you to be yeah, able to sleep all day. Nobody likes it when I have to do work. Yeah. Especially so, me. Anyway, I was going to make an Aquabats attacked by snakes joke, but I think we've successfully remembered that you already used that. It's possible. So. Anyway, John, they were attacked by snakes. Yeah. So many snakes, it would take a thousand crates. But it actually only took one really one, big one. Yeah, they, they smuggled the crates into the airplane on a box of pre, a pretend box of Lay's uh, with a little electronic release timer in there that's based on both time aloft and altitude reached. Uh, that, re- that when it releases this, it's hilarious when it releases, it blows open with like a detonator charge. You'd think they just make it so the little doors open and the snakes come out, but no, it's like, kaboosh! <laughs> Yeah, and they also had to have whoever put it in there also, like, prop open one of the panels in there so that the snakes could then also get to the rest of the plane. Yeah, and then they make the snakes crazy by spraying all the the exposed lays on, which I don't know why they're storing so a big open container of lays on the plane. They give those to you at the terminal, not yeah. on the plane. It's also weird, because normally they give those to you Upon arriving, not leaving. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of weird stuff going. Honestly, a lot of this movie would work better if they were flying to Hawaii. But here's the other thing, is I thought for sure that that was going to come back as another thing. This is, again, a thing I thought was going to pay off was, oh, it's the lays have all the pheromones on them. Now, of course, the circulation system means it's throughout the plane, so they'll still be aggressive. But I thought at one point they They were going to be like, gather up the lays, throw them somewhere to like try and get the snakes together. No. That never happens. The the, the one thing that happens is that Sam Jackson kind of figures out that it was the lays because he sees a few snakes that have gotten tangled up in the lays like 
trying to mate with them or something. Oh, yeah. So he's just like, oh, it's the lays. It's these fucking lays. But there's never a point where, like, there's characters who never take their fucking lay off the whole movie. And that's another reason why I thought the couple was going to survive who the because the guy there was so nervous. And at one point... Uh, it turns out he get, can smell well, snake pheromones. Yeah, because we get a thing where uh, the flight attendant is like, no, I don't think there's any weird smell. Maybe you're just allergic to the lay, and I'll mm -hmm. take your lays away. And I was like, oh, shit. Now they don't have the pheromone stuff on them. That's going to be how they survive. No, they still die anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they just die. I, I, they made sense to me as a dead couple. They were too tragic not to. Ah. Um, the kids, you know, are going to survive because this movie doesn't kill kids. The one, the only one that survived, this surprised me in this movie was the dog. Oh, I the, thought they, for sure the dog was gone. They kill the dog, and I'm. It's a. It, to me, it's a rare movie that kills a dog. So, so, uh, but yeah, it's a little yap dog chihuahua. So obviously, it's okay to kill it. Like if it had been a proud noble German shepherd oh, or something, no. you wouldn't kill off an actual dog, but a chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, now that the snakes have dropped, everyone's scared, freaking out. A lot of people die right here and now. We lose about half the population of the plane. They all pull forward to the front of the plane and build a barricade. Um, out of, we get another joke that's like he, uh, Sam Jackson going to uh, Margulies, the, the main, Claire, the main uh, flight attendant, and being like, where's all the weapons? And she's like, it's an airplane. We don't have weapons. We have sporks. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, where's your cutlery? We, we don't no, have that. Well, yeah, there's no way. It's, it's 2006, my dude. You're lucky to have shoes on. Yeah. And instead, she breaks a, a beer bottle and gives him that. Yeah. And they, then they start tying beer bottles to sticks. To Which, use again, I was like, oh, they got sticks and they're like taping beer bottles to the end of it. Oh, that's neat. Never used. You never see them. Never, ever actually used. Honestly, sticks alone are good enough to mostly keep snakes away from you. I don't know what you're talking about with this beer bottle nonsense. Oh, you got to stab them because they're too aggressive. I also like the part where she's like, no, this ship, this airplane has no weapons on it. And then two scenes later, she's chopping a snake's head off with the axe that's in the cab at the cockpit. Yeah. And you're like, where's that? Can we, can we keep that axe? No, it's gone the moment after that scene. No, I, I'm going to cut a snake and then I'm going to get rid of this into the void. <laughs> I'm going to send this into the same void that everyone we don't care about is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, it's a movie assembled from parts and a lot of the parts are missing. Yeah. And we get a lot of, I mean, obviously at this point we're going to get uh, in the next attack when the plane starts going down because we've lost our pilots, uh, we lose the safety of the front because then it starts tilting forward and all of the snack carts uh, perfectly align down the rows and never tilt and get stuck. And they're carrying a bunch of snakes. So there's these little like cart snake missiles that show mm -hmm. up and blast through the barricades. There's and this is neat deaths right here too. Oh yeah. This is the point where we're going to lose our British guy. Yep. Oh, well, no, let's, we got to set the British guy up from the beginning because it's the stupidest thing in the movie, in a movie full of stupid things. But no, the the, one, the interesting death here is the dude who gets trampled and doesn't die from snake bites. He dies because someone steps in his ear with the, with the stiletto of a heel and, and then it breaks, it breaks off. off and he has, a, he has a stiletto in his brain. Yeah, we get a couple of different people who die from random shit getting like pierced through their throat yeah, in a, a trample. Guy like, yeah, it gets a chunk of something stuck in his throat and pulls it out and looks at it and dies. The other FBI agent on the plane just sees snakes, gets bit by one, but he has a fit of phobia, so he dies immediately, and he's like, I'm scared of snakes. Good luck. And then he just dies. <laughs> we also, this is right around here. Oh, no, it's before. One of the setup deaths is the dude who's like flirting with a random woman on the plane. Then he goes to the bathroom by himself to pee, and this is another obvious insert shot yep. death. He, he, Pulls out his dick, and then without looking at it, because he can't look at it, if he looks at it, he looks down to the toilet full of snake, 
so instead he just looked up at the ceiling and he's like, Ed, how you doing there, big boy? Time to go to work, big uh, guy. I missed you, dick, that I talked to on the regular. <laughs> my friend, my own penis. <laughs> and then, of course, he gets bit on the dick. Yes, and keeps being like, get off my dick. And then he dies. Yep. And uh, luckily, all the comedy characters die from snake bites instantly, where other characters can linger for the duration of the film. Yes. I mean, the younger of the two little kids gets bit on the arm and manages to live throughout the whole thing so that they can get some anti-venom into him at the end. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, sure, fine, whatever. Not all venom is going to murder you in like 30 seconds. That's fine. But as well, it is the only time where we get someone going like, ah, great, we're going to suck the poison out and it'll be fine. Because we get the whole olive oil thing and suck all the venom out and whatever. But we also have another scene where one of the bodyguards for the rapper gets bit on the butt. But then the male flight attendant is like, well, we'll have to suck the poison out. And he's like, don't suck nothing on me. That's gay. gay people. But then he sees a female uh, flight attendant sucking poison well, out of someone it's else. it's the, the lady who has a baby oh, is, it, is the it, one who does it. She's the only one doing it? Okay. And he's like... Well, and she's uh, married to uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, how nice. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that nice for her? Yeah, good for her. That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he gets... He's like, oh, well, if a lady's doing it, then yeah, come over here and suck my butt. And Keaton Thompson's like, I also got bit. Please come suck me as well. I have also been bit. He hasn't. He's just... Yeah, he's just being this, this lady whose baby was recently... Like, literally, she's sitting near the corpse of a woman who died saving her baby, and Keenan's like, hey, come over here and suck my dick, baby. What's up? I'm, I'm as scared as everybody else, but uh, ain't no time like blowjob joke time. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I mean, most of this is fairly standard, like, oh, we run from snakes, and then some people die, and then we run from snakes, and some people die. The fact that the rapper manages to get through all of this gets to the third section where everyone's upstairs in first class mm-hmm. and has a freak out for like 30 seconds yeah, where it's hilariously for short. some reason after the snakes have managed to turn off the air circulation somehow everyone gets hot it's super hot in there and he freaks out and when sam jackson goes to confront him he grabs jackson's gun and is like Bob, fucking everyone sit the fuck down everyone stay away from me i'm getting off this fucking plane they're like we're at forty thousand feet dude you can't leave even if i want some fucking air yeah and they're like if you shoot that gun we will all die yeah and he's like fucking well keenan thompson talks him down yeah keenan talks him down just enough for jackson to grab the gun and then just goes like all right now go sit down and at that point he just gets up from where he's sitting Goes to the people he was threatening with a gun. Well, this, like, I mean, in a little later from that. Yeah, it's like two scenes later. He comes up and he's like, hey, I'm so sorry that I, I got a little crazy back there. That's my bad. And they're and, like, yeah, you are forgiven. And in fact, when it comes to the end of the movie, you get to be the one to carry Poison Kid down on the big fun slide. Yeah. You're and, a hero again. <laughs> fucking when Sam Jackson goes down below to turn the air back on, he when he comes back up and everyone's like applauding and he's given like high fives and whatnot, fucking like. Slap some skin on our rapper guy. And I'm like, that dude just stole your gun. There's a 0% chance you do that. Yeah. So let's talk British guy. Let's do it. Let's get it done. There is a fucking anaconda on the plane. There is. Which I'm not saying that it's audacious, but it's stupid. There is a Burmese python. Okay, sure. And I only know that because it's in the trivia. Uh Uh-huh. 
that they had to CGI more teeth into to make it look scary. <laughs> which makes sense. They also have it growling and roaring, which, of course, snakes do not do. Well, of course. They also had a shit ton of snakes that they used for this movie, but then used CGI because the snakes didn't move around enough. Yep. <laughs> so, this fucking python drops from a light fixture because it is too heavy for the fixture to hold it. How did it get up there? Hand wave. Don't worry about it. And it's like a 13-foot-long constrictor snake, which feels unnet. Like, it's going to eat one person on the plane and then sits... They don't eat that often. It's not going to... No, and that's assuming it even manages to, like, get to one that's still alive and didn't just eat one of the dudes who was already dead. I also like that it apparently works off the same pheromones as like 90 other species of very different types of snake. Like all the other ones are ambush bite chase snakes or, and, but this one's a fucking constrictor and it's like, but I guess it uses the same pheromones or they were like, well, put some of the, uh, Amazon, the, the, uh, Python pheromones. <laughs> we're going to put one fucking Python in here. Uh-huh. I need Python pheromones. Yeah. And why are we doing this? A little style. I don't, uh, well, you know, Look, Eddie Kim doesn't mm-hmm. do anything without style. Yeah, so this big snake falls out of the ceiling fa- uh, lights and starts scaring everybody. And uh, the British guy's the last person in line to get up the stairs to first class. So in fear of the snake, he snatches away Rich Lady's dog and throws it to the snake in an attempt to distract it. Honestly, smart. Like, I'm not saying kill a dog. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that big pythons like that eat once a week at most. So once it gets the snake, it's going to sit there, you know, peristalsising the snake for the next several hours. But no, the, the dog. It, some other snake gets the dog. Yeah. Whereas the big constrictor gets our British guy and just, you know, constricts him. Squeezes him to death and then starts eating and his head. And then CGI's down on his head. Yeah. And he's just sitting there like, until the snake eats him. And you're like, ah, comeuppance by the stupidest possible thing. I wonder if we will resolve this python being on the plane. Yes. Yes. In the CGI sequence, when the all the planes go flying out the window, we save the cheapest CGI for this big green lump that kind of goes through the window. It is wonderful, because at the very end, Sam Jackson finally, after all of this shit, and they're just sort of sitting there, he's like, all right, well, now I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on the motherfucking plane, and it's... I've got a plan. I'm going to shoot a window. Yeah, I think you and I have a disagreement about whether or not that's the right place to put that dumb no, line. The I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane should come after a moment where he has survived a snake attack. It is supposed to be the line of, I am frustrated, but currently triumphant mm-hmm. because, you know, a snake comes down, you kill it, and you're like, I am tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Okay, except I... My argument is that, well, I would I would appreciate that, and I feel like a combo of the two things can work. It is the scene in which, 30 seconds later, he gets all the motherfucking snakes off the motherfucking plane with his plan. So when he announces that he's tired of all these snakes on this plane, sure, because he's about to get them off of it. It's the perfect time to say it to me because he's like, I'm tired of these snakes, so I'm going to get rid of them. <laughs> which if he had delivered the line with, you know what? I'm tired of these snakes on this plane. I was fine with it up until now, but now I I think I'm going to get rid of them. Honestly, if the uh, cuz that's one of that's the line that was the meme that got put into the movie after the fact. If he had changed it to like I am tired of these distinguished gentle snakes on this perfectly functional airplane. <laughs> it is time for them to exit. Stage left even. That would have been great. Just like, "No, nah, fuck you, the internet. I'm not saying motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not saying the thing." <laughs> 
But yeah, his whole plan is everybody strap in. I'm going to shoot the window, create, you know, a bunch of suction to suck all the snakes out of the plane. And, uh, because both of our pilots are dead at this point, he's like, okay, does anyone know how to fly? And three G's is like, Hey, Keenan Thompson, you know how to fly. You've been training for this your whole life. Yeah. And, and he's like, yes, I have over 2,000 hours. Yeah, now I know full well that I have seen this movie in the past. Well, I know full well that it's going to be video games because be he's games. been a character playing video games earlier. And because they never say what airplane he logs time in or anything, he just goes, yeah, I have 2,000 hours of flying airplanes. And the fact that he doesn't say flight time, he just says, yes, I've got over 2,000 hours. Yeah. Full stop. And yeah. you're like, yeah, you're obviously. Like, oh, it's, air it's video games. And indeed it is. But it turns out that that doesn't even matter because the movie's just too close to over at this point. So when he gets in the in the flight seat, he's just like, yeah, turn on. There's a, uh, that's where the that's autopilot is. That's the autopilot is. thing. Turn that, turn that off so I can control the plane so we can go into the dive. And then he, they, they call the tower. The tower's like, oh, you can't fly the plane if all you have is video game experience. And, and Jackson has to be like, he's the best pilot we have right now. You're going to have to work with him. You're like, all right, great. You did it. You made the thing. But from that point, he is a perfectly competent pilot and it doesn't matter anymore. No, he doesn't fuck <laughs> up at all. No, he's just, he does just fine. And in fact, it's a very hard thing he has to do because they can't stay at altitude with a hole in the plane. It'll tear the plane apart eventually. So when the hole gets shot in the plane, yeah, all the snakes and a whole bunch of untied shit goes flying down. But they also start diving the plane so that eventually they get below the uh, the level where being the the, the air compression inside the, air, yeah. the plane would be sucked out so that they don't get sucked out the fucking windows. Yeah, and that, you know, they can actually breathe. Yes. Also, it's really funny to me that they're all upstairs in first class. There are plenty of seats up there, and they make sure everybody is strapped in before they, they uh, shoot the window. Except for the flight attendants who are like, no, nah, we'll just hang on to exposed pieces of metal, thank you. Yeah, like one of them, I think... Puts a belt through, like, one of the, uh, like, handrails or something. Yeah. And then just holds the end of it rather than, like, belting themselves in. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I'll just hold on to this leather bit. Sit down! Why aren't you sitting down? There's also a fucking, like, uh, flight attendant's little cabin in there where they have seats where you can fucking buckle yourself in. Buckle your pants. It's such a weird thing that they don't bother with. Uh, yeah, also, by the but way... But it's just there because... It gives one more scene where Sean gets to save sexy flight attendant so she can be like, ooh, you saved me. Yes. It's yeah. sex time. Yeah, and also it's fun to watch all the planes go flying out, or the snakes go flying out. Uh, it's also worthy of note that Keckner, uh, the, the co-pilot who's currently flying the plane at this point in the film, uh, he gets bitten by like a copperhead snake and falls down that hole into the bottom of the plane again. And they think he's dead too. But then later he comes crawling back out of it and he's like, ah, I'm dying. My arm's the size of a suitcase. Ah, I got bit by so many fucking snakes. Let me see your tits real quick. All right, I'm going to fly us back. Because the two, it's uh, Claire and, and Flynn are flying, the, or just holding the plane steady right now. Uh, he comes up and he's like, it's okay. I will fly us. I am clearly visibly dying from snake bites. I am just on the way out. But he's like, well, I'm going to sit down here. I'll fly the plane. And they're like, thank you. That's great. And he's like, great. Now you two kids go on out of here and shut the door behind you. And I'm like, no, no, I, well, we won't. Even if we did do that, we're going to go find a useless character like kickboxer guy and sit him in here with you. Uh, but no, no. Instead, he just dies alone in there and they don't notice till the plane is diving again. Uh, anyway, yeah, they fucking, they land the plane and everyone's great, and we get one last sneak attack of a snake against Sean, mm -hmm. and it bites him right in the chest, and fucking Samuel L. Jackson 
shoots the snake off of him in the chest. Mm-hmm. He falls down, and you're like, oh, he's got a bulletproof vest. Yeah, hey, look at that. Vest. What do you know? All right. The other thing I thought was worthy of mentioning real quick before we uh, abandon the movie entirely is that there is that other FBI agent on the ground guy. I think his name's like Josh or something. Yeah, he's just there. But there is a scene where him and Venomous Snake Guy are riding in the car together, and he's like, yeah, you need to come up with a way to treat all these snakes. Uh, snake bites. And we go through a whole bunch of rigmarole with Venom a snake expert. Like, he calls Sam Jackson on the plane, and Sam Jackson, he's like, what kind of snakes are up there? And he's like, I don't know, snakes. And he's like, that's not good enough. You're going to need to be significantly more... He's like, well, I've seen a cobra and a rattler, and he's like, more specific. And then there's a point where... Uh, I, I just want to go through this whole... I'm going to do it real quick, because I know we're on time. But uh, there's a point where there, he's like, well, I'll just send you descriptions of the snakes we have. And one of the wait, uh, the flight attendants is like, well, you just send him emails with our phones of the snakes. And the fucking British guy has to be like, what are we going to do? Mail them to him via British Post? You're being ridiculous. And she's like, have you ever heard of email, dickhead? And I'm like, yeah, that's a terrible line for 2006. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh. How are you going to send them via Telegram via or Pony Express, you moron? Um, and then also there's a point where once he gets the pictures, he's looking through them, and the venomous snake expert's like, oh, these are all snakes from other countries. You're going to need every hospital in the world to send us their anti-venom. This is going to be completely impossible. And- yeah, because he's like, oh, we can contact all the hospitals and their anti-venom units, but they're mostly going to have shit for just local snake bites. Yeah, LA is going to be all rattlesnakes. And then the guy's like, well, okay, well, what about zoos that have snakes? And he's like, yeah, but you're still going to need to know what anti-venom to use, because... If you don't, if you administer the wrong shit, you could just kill someone with the anti-venom. Yeah, and then he's like, well, it's worse than I thought. These are all foreign snakes. And uh, the the FBI agent's like, well, that can't be right because they're from L.A. They were purchased in L.A. And this causes the venomous snake actually to be like, oh, well, you know, there is one guy who sells all the illegal venomous snakes in Los Angeles and also has all the anti-venom for every type of illegal snake there's ever been. And I know exactly where his house is, and it's like a three-minute drive from here. Huh? And it's like, that is information that you should have brought up sooner. Uh, and I mean, it's mostly just important because it also is like, oh, now we have the manifest for what snakes he sold, so we know which snakes are on there. Yeah. Though again, outside of the little kid who gets bitten at the end, his brother's like, oh, I drew a picture of the snake that bit him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, I can identify what that snake is from the drawing. Great. But everyone else, like the bodyguard who got bit on the ass, what anti-venom are you going to give him? He got bit on the ass by a snake. He doesn't what know snake? what snake I don't know. Him. Yeah, they, most of them don't know. The one heroic moment is the part where the little boy's like, I drew a picture of the snake that bit my brother. It's obviously a hooded cobra. And it's <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, that's very obviously a hooded cobra. But you're a hero, little guy. But you did it. You you provided a thing that we needed. Everyone else here is probably fucked. Now, there is a, uh, we mentioned a callback earlier. There's one point in the middle of the movie where Sam Jackson is like trying to remind Flynn or, or uh, Simon or whatever his name is. Sean? Sean, that he has to stay upstairs and not get bit by snakes. And he's like, remember the first fucking thing I ever told you? Stay with, or do what I say if you want to live? Well, do what I say if you want to live. But at the end of the movie, when uh, everybody's rescued and when uh, Sean gets his completely unearned date with that flight attendant and <laughs> Sam Jackson gets an even more unearned date with Claire. Yeah, it's one of the things where I was like, all right, they set up at least that this flight attendant before anything went down was into this dude and he saved her life. Sure. Great. That's fine. It is pointless and stupid, but whatever they can, they can have a date. But at the very end, when Sam Jackson's like, so flight attendant, yeah, you want to get dinner or something? I'm like, what the fuck? Where did that come they from? Had two exchanges, the whole movie, both of them about food. Uh, 
One of them was just what Sam Jackson being like, hey, fuck you. I don't care if we're taking over the first class, which she was angry about. Yeah. The other one being she is crying because she just saw her flight attendant friend die. And he's like, hey, you got to get your shit together and be strong because we got to get through this. And then he comes up to her and he's like, hey, I feel like I owe you an apology, an apology dinner. And I've, I, I wish that someone in my life ever would offer me an apology dinner because I'd be like, fuck you. An apology isn't about how you get a date with me. ha. <laughs> Yeah, but what if I was like, hey, dude, I'm sorry for fucking up your shit. You know what? I owe you dinner. You, Because you're a friend already? But anytime where it's an obvious pickup line, I'm like, that's the worst fucking apology. And I've seen, I'm of the internet, so I've seen some dumbass apologies. But the most dumbass of all possible apologies is, hey, I'm really sorry I was mean to you. You want to fuck later? <laughs> As way of apology, maybe I could interest you in my penis. Yeah, just the worst... But it leads to Sean coming over to Sam Jackson and being like, hey, what's the first thing you ever said to me? And Sam Jackson's like, that's dumb. What's it got to do with anything? What's the first fucking thing you ever said to me? Because they established that Sam has already been to Bali, but he doesn't know how to surf and instead just laid on the beach and looked at the fly honeys. Yeah, he fell off his board and then gave up. Well, it turns out that if that you have to if you want to live while surfing you have to stay near this Sean guy cuz you have to do you. exactly what i say or else i guess you'll die is the idea yeah <laughs> but then it, the the final shot of the film is the two of them surfing together off the sweet waves of bali great good no re- <laughs> no resolution on what happened with Eddie Kim nope. no resolution on any side characters nope. no <laughs> no sort of idea on if there's like either one of them actually managed to have more even a date with their respective. Yeah, you'd think you'd have a shot when they're surfing in Bali where the, the, the camera You go like to the, like to the beach. beach and it's the two flight attendants, maybe. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing like that. The Eddie Kim one is, of course, the most egregious. Like, well, yeah. finish that fucking story. What are you doing? You got a super charismatic dude to be your villain and then just dropped his ass 20 minutes in. Yeah, so. Whatever. Anyway. There you go. There's the film. Let's go ahead and get into our uh, bests and worsts. Sure. What is the best moment of this film for you, my dude? Um, there's a lot of fun moments in this movie. I, I'm going to go with uh, specifically the scene where, <laughs> excuse me, I, I've, I had it in my head for a second and it just fell out again. Uh, but it, it was the uh, it, it was the scene where David Kector comes crawling up out of the hole. The hole is like, oh, I'm dying. Oh, geez. Oh, I'm dying. Uh-huh. I'm going to fly the plane. I was like, oh, he's back. Yay. <laughs> I was just excited to see him again. Are you sure you can fly this with only one hand? Oh, honey, you'd be amazed what a guy can do with one hand. Yeah, he gets a lot of, he, he's only in this movie for like 45 seconds, and he gets a lot of David Koechner business. He gets a lot of business. He knows how to, both him and Keenan, you can tell they're like, I might just juice this script a little let bit. Me just, <laughs> let, me just, let me just juice this up a bit. <laughs> yeah, stand aside. I was on Good Burger. <laughs> I may have also been on Good Burger. I can't be sure. Probably. <laughs> Seems like the kind of movie I would be in. <laughs> kind of does. <laughs> David Kector, villain of Good Burger. Don't you don't know. Don't tell us if he isn't. I'm sure John's seen it. I have Of course I have. It's fucking great. I'm good sure Burger is an amazing movie. I'm sure it's quite good. It's yeah. so much better than it has any right to yeah. be. What's your favorite thing in this? Oh, I mean, I said it before, but honestly, that mile high scene, I was like, oh, that was the perfect scene for what you were going for in the reshoots. You hit it. You hit the exact type of thing you wanted. Yeah, it's an island it's, in a movie that doesn't belong. need that island. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's great. It just doesn't belong in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, and similarly, I would say that what I would have picked is the snake presetting on the microwave. Yeah. But you don't see, you don't really see it unless you're no, like watching it No, they don't it give it theaters. anything. Yeah. 
It needed a linger shot. Yeah. All right. Uh, worst thing in the movie for you? Uh, I mean, probably the the death of the dick guy. It's just dumb. Like, the dude just... I, I don't know who he is. <laughs> the death of the dick guy. Yeah. My favorite novel. <laughs> Clive Gussler's death of the dick guy. <laughs> D is for death of the dick guy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I knew I'd get one. Uh, anyway, we're no, it's just because it's the other insert horror film shot, but it's stupid. Yes. Like, you don't care about this character. You barely ever see him. He's only because they have to, he's completely added to the movie. So, to make him fit, there's a scene where he's like sort of smiling and looking at a girl like two rows behind him. And then he's like, oh shit, I got to take a whiz. And then he goes, and, and uh, I, there's a couple moments in this movie that are like so unearned and dumb. Death of the dick guy, uh, 3G's freak out. Yeah, I it, mean, honestly, that was going to be mine, is 3G's freak out. In fact, I'm, I'm like, going to change mine to no resolution for Eddie Kim. It's not even my least favorite thing in the movie, because it's not in the movie. Uh-huh. But it should have been. Yeah, no, my... The fucking 3G's freak out is so pointless if you're not going to do anything with it. Yeah. It is a major fucking thing that happens where it's like, he grabs a dude's gun. It's the only time a, a gun comes out in this movie. Yeah, like, this is a major moment in this movie that should have given been given something, but instead it is like, hey dude, don't have that guy's gun. Oh shit, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, don't worry about it. No one here cares. Yeah, we're all, <laughs> you're all fr- we're all friends now. And you're going to get a big redemption moment at the end where when the big slide comes out, you jump onto it with a little boy who's been like snake pit, and you run up to the paramedics with him and be like, he needs oxygen right away. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I stole a cop's gun. Uh, yeah, fucking stupid. All right. That leads us to our rating. Each of us from zero to five to give the movie a rating out of ten. Jeff. The dread two and one half. <laughs> oh, no. The exact middle of the road. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. <laughs> it's very true. I mean, it's such a two and a half. It's so sad. Yeah. Because you're just like, yep, this certainly is like it is without, like I said before, without the reshoots. It's just a very kind of meh yeah. disaster film. And with the reshoots, it's like, oh, a meh disaster film with some random shit in it. Yeah. And you're like, all right, that didn't improve it, but it made it weirder. All it added was two camp horror moments and Sam Jackson yelling an internet thing. Yep. Great. I kind of wish that there was, I, I knew the level at which Sam Jackson will yell internet things. Because I feel like 2006, he's missed a lot of good things. He's missed 16 years of things to yell. <laughs> I want him I want him to yell it's Morbin time. Come on. <laughs> uh so there you go. Five out of ten. Super mediocre. Not terrible, but honestly, why would you watch this outside of the memes? Yeah. And honestly, if you've watched the clip of the fucking Snakes line, yeah, the line, then that's it. Great. Yeah. You've seen it. Yeah, most people are just probably right now like stunned to learn that that Keenan's in it, you know. Yeah, I was <laughs> during the credits and they were like Keenan Thompson. I went the fucking what? <laughs> and I'm glad that you knew who Lynn Shea was because I saw her I saw her name and I was like, "Why do I know that name?" Oh, yeah. It's because she's in so much fucking horror stuff. Yeah. Like she's the uh in Insidious, she's mm, the fucking uh yeah. medium. Yeah, yeah. So she's been in a lot of shit like that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so Five there out of you 10. go. Five out of ten. And if you want to join us for even more, even though we are done here with the movie review, you can join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery. We are doing our TV mastery. We are 
currently going through some one episode wonders that managed to get to air and then everyone went ho 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 oops and <laughs> shut that shit down yep summarily canceled in one episode although there's a lot of stipulations we have to make for that to be correct like for example a lot of these shows were shown in two they showed two episodes and then they were canceled i mean so far it's all been one episode yeah. there are some on the docket that were they showed up as a two episode night. premiere night yes but Still, yeah, uh, canceled after one showing, basically. Exactly, and uh, it, it, that makes them very hard to find. Oh, there so are so anyone, many. If any one of you listeners can find a copy of Emily's Reasons Why Not, God, if if any of you have that, apparently that only exists as a DVD that no one has bothered to rip to YouTube. God, I want that, and I do not want to pay thirty dollars for it. It's not worth it for one episode of bonus content. We need we need help. If anyone knows where to find a, a viewing of Emily's reasons why not, please help us. Please get at us uh, at me on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You can get me at Gurgle Spasm or at System Mastery. Either way, we'll get a hold of that. But we're still watching something, so don't worry. At the five dollar, if you join us at the five dollar level, not only will you unlock the Afterthought Podcast, our weekly discuss or monthly discussion but also our uh, our TV mastery, where right now we're doing canceled episodes. Is that all you're doing with that? No, of course not. We've already done several seasons of it. You get all of the uh, 80s cartoons based on R-rated <laughs> movies. You get... <laughs> the Flying Nun. The Flying Nun. You get Littlest Hobo, and you get the first season of Smallville. It's amazing how long we've been doing this already. Yeah, and of course, that unlocks all of our bonus content. The uh, system mastery characters that we make, mm -hmm. the Wikipedia deep dives for expanded universe It's a really stuff. good price for a lot of content, so please come join us. Yep, and, you know, join the Discord. It's great. Mm -hmm. There's a link to it uh, at System Mastery on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Come join us. Good community. And, of course, if you're part of the Patreon, definitely do it. You unlock a bunch of stuff, plus you get to interact with us, give us, you know, stupid questions for Afterthought. It's wonderful. Yep. But uh, we will see you in another couple weeks with some more Movie Mastery. And until then, all of you have a good one. 